Many fandoms. All of it. All right, Mena fans, welcome back to Mena Fandom. I am, of course, your host, Menas, and joining me after his debut on the Kirk Minahan show as producer, trialling for the position, we have Tommy Quirlin. Tommy, welcome to the show. How are you? Ah, oh, Quirlin, I see what you did there. Oh, you're one for one tonight. Good morning. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Good evening, my time. Good morning, your time. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, weird 24 hours, but hey, we're here. We are here indeed. Thanks for coming on. I know you said on the main show you think I'm annoying. Now, first question before we get in, was, was that just because you know that that will ingratiate you with the Minna fans by saying you don't like me or you think I'm annoying? Because obviously it can't be true. I mean, no one thinks I'm annoying. I would say that it's just – I think what put me over the edge was you going on there with the Maserati video and, like, complaining about that and complaining about Dave's approach and Kirk's approach with that. I mean, I was just kind of ambivalent for the most part, but I thought that was just, like, a reach. So that kind of just annoyed me. And it's just more so in general because I'm, like, a big fan of shows like Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez. So, you know, this show kind of falls in that category. And uh, I've always found, like, people that call into those shows that have – I know, never call in. Or just interact with those shows and, and you know, become a, such a large enough presence, you know, because you are a large enough presence that, you know, you've become a fixture within the Kirk Metahan world uh, that it's just like, okay, like, why do you, at what point, you know, do you just, do you, like, why, why do you, I guess my, my question would be like, why do you hate listen? I don't hate listen. I absolutely love the show. Yeah. And you obviously don't you listen to Minna Fandom. To show? No, I, I have to be honest. Like, so I'll be honest. I listened to more Kirk. Like, I listened to Mike and the Meta fans when it started coming back because I saw the way that you guys were restarting the network. And I was interested Thank to see you. what you guys would do. Uh, and I think it's – because Kirk's show is, is not – like, Barstool is not just a sports company. And I think Kirk's show shows what you could be when you're not just as – you know, trying to fall into the same trap of doing the same shit that everybody else does. So I do find it fascinating what the network has been able to, you know, grow with over the years and, and stuff. So, so yeah, I definitely respect what you do. I just don't understand the, you know, the pushback. Like if you're so jaded from the show, why listen? I'm not though. I not, love the show. Yeah. How did you, how I mean, did you start? How did you start? How did you find Kirk? How did you, how do you find Kirk in Australia? Okay, well, um, what happened was I was a bit of a Red Sox fan, and I've told this story many times, so the listeners sure. have heard it. But this is new times. for me. Yeah. It's new for you, and if, if you do get the job as producer, then obviously you need to know my origin story. Um, sure. Like a superhero. But um, I started listening to Kirk through the Red Sox, uh, being a fan of the Red Sox in about 2013. I, I would listen to podcasts from EEI, um, and you know baseball related podcasts and i remember very clearly listening to one interview they had with i don't know probably some red Sox player or coach at the end of the podcast segment kirk shat on somebody and said after the break i'm gonna lay into this guy can't remember who it was or what it was about but i was like i want to hear what this is about and that's when my um, love of kirk minahan the broadcaster was brought about all the way back in 2013 and then i would stream kirk and callahan um live at night here and listen to it um because you know as i've said 
Kirk is the greatest American broadcaster in history. And, you know, finding him was, you know, eye-opening. I'm also a bit of a broadcaster myself. So I've sort of... And Australia has great radio. It's known for having great radio. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Talk radio is massive here. Um, Massive. So uh, that that was... And so I don't hate, listen, but the thing is, Tommy, I'm not a fucking sheep. If I disagree with something or if I think they do something that... I don't like or don't agree with, I will say it because I'm not afraid, but I don't hate, listen, I think it's the greatest show ever. Gotcha. Well, I also think perception is reality too, right? Cause you know, I think you're right. You know, there are certain things just naturally with what I do in broadcasting, you know, I just, sometimes I just shut it off. Sometimes I just want to go listen to Kirk. Sometimes mm. I just love listening to Kirk and that's, and that was it, you know? And then when I found out that Dave's position was open, obviously I have to know more about the world. You're a hundred percent right, which is why I went in there prepared as much as I could be the other night with as much Mike and the Men of Fans content as possible. You did great, exactly, fantastic, you. and you it. reached out to me privately in the lead up and asked what was coming up on the network more than Cullinane's ever done. Sure, um, but I guess just onto your point is though that obviously for the show the interesting stuff is when I disagree. So when I do these two-hour minute fandoms where I'm just sucking Kirk off. That that's not great radio. To I don't play, th- I don't think it? you need to any, no, it's not. No, it's not. But I, I, I felt like that moment like because I was like I said, I was ambivalent. Like everybody like these are in this type of world, you're gonna have factions. You're going to have people that are going to take on certain people. That's just natural that the way this world is built if you wanted mm. to play in this type of environment. Um I would I was just saying that the Maz incident felt like it was a reach, but as time has gone on and the more that I've been able to understand you, I understand more now. Like I understand more your position. So it's when I said what I said, culture. what do I think of cancel culture? No, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. Oh, you're not I into cancel culture. Kirk was, and I didn't think Carl was, but I was wrong, which, which is fine. Yeah, I think it was different, but Hey, you know I mean? That that's, that's what they did. And, Hey, yes. I, you know, got it's to show news. a great pop. So that's, it's you news. know. You and I are going to be great friends. Trust me, Tommy. I think you and I are uh, very similar. Um, He's in the pod. Exactly. Um, all right. So uh, taking care of business, the first segment um, in this show, which is a, a tribute to the New Hampshire cast. Ethan actually was mentioned on the main show this week. Um painful memories for me because Ethan brushed me when I was there last year. Tommy doesn't get any of this, but that's okay. Um, so just some news on the network. Uh, well, this minute fandom actually will be broadcast on the net- network for the, the first time. That is because uh, Tommy's coming on after come, you know, coming on the main show. And I think um, I don't want to, I think this is something that should be on the network. So I'll put it on there. Um, And I've also reached out to Kirk directly and asked if we can start putting network shows out as podcasts as well for people that don't watch YouTube and want to listen to, say, Mike and the Minifans is a podcast. And uh, Kirk has given the green light for that. So I'm just sort of now reaching out to Dave Cullinane because he started a podcast feed, Minifan HQ, that – um, was around for a little while, but if that's still active, then I'll go back to that and start putting all the network shows on there as audio only releases. So, um, if you're not a YouTube fan, you can just listen to it. I do think there is an element to YouTube that is very like I only watch Kirk, like I only watch that show, like I don't really listen to it. I th- I love the fact that they go live on YouTube like that because. 
again, I think you get to really see the show. So I love the fact that you guys put up like all the videos, like you get to see real reactions. That's mm. what makes the whole thing real. I think you want, you know, the, the, that's why the show is successful because it's the realest show possible. There's a real element to everything that's happening at all times. So I'm all for the video. So I don't, you know, when people complain about, you know, seeing, having video and YouTube, I think it's, I think it's natural. I think Spotify will inherently go to more video podcasts. So I think, you know, if, Spotify becomes an easier platform to kind of, you know, integrate videos onto playlists. I think, you know, this will be a video it's that coming. you can see you on. Can. Yeah, it's coming. You can see it. Anchor. It's coming Anchor right down the line. Can. Same um, with Apple. Apple sees it, hmm. you know. I um, I use po- a YouTube as more a podcast app. I pay for the premium so you can minimize the screen. And, you know, uh, to me, it's just like another podcast app. Uh, all right. So let's get into the the meat of the show. How has the reaction been to your appearance on KMS and coming out? Uh, and it's been good. Congratulations, by the way. So that was so brave. And I know Mina fans, you know, made a lot of fun of you, but that was a really brave thing to do. No, so I would say actually the you. Mina fans have been very, really, I, I, would, I would actually disagree with that. I would say Mina fans have actually been really good. Like a lot of them, a lot of them. Yeah. Here's, what happened. Here's, here's what happened in F-slur that moment. About I can, 10 times. Let, me, let, me, let me explain what happened in that moment. Yes. I knew in that moment, and maybe other people think differently. I knew I was gay. I felt I was bombing. I didn't think I was doing a good job. And I just have a very high standard for myself as a broadcaster that when you know when you're bombing, you're just, you get that internal panic. And it doesn't happen often. What happened was I didn't expect it to go there. And, you know, you have friends in the community that are watching, right? Because mm. I'm telling them to watch because I want, you know, my friends to see where my career goes, right? I'm very yeah. proud of wherever I go. Little bum chums to watch. You're right. Yeah, you know, you, you, you don't want to lie in that moment because then you're lying to them and then you're letting them down. So, you know, I, I just had to be real. Like you were going to see it. Like, come on, I'm 32 years old. I'm single. And I haven't really been in a real relationship in 10 years. Hmm. So, so you never told your parents, your sister knew, but, and your workplace didn't know. No. Okay. So, um, again, super, super brave, um, to do it. Cause what are you going to do? What are you going to, cause, cause exactly in that environment. Cause what are you going to do? You either freak out, lose your shit, walk out of the show. And then I become, you know, I look like an asshole on the show. And then we well, kind you know, of opened the door though, with your answer. Like you could have just said, Oh yeah, I've, I've been seeing some, some ca- casual girls around, but nothing serious. And then people just leave it. Sure. Yeah. But it's just, I, but again, when you're pat, when you're in that moment and shit, was oh, just God, bombing, you and you're trying to impress somebody, it's an interview and you've got how, how many ever thousands of people are watching on a Sunday night. It is a little bit of a stressful situation in that in Absolutely. that moment, and and I should have done better. And I'm very disappointed in myself today, more than anybody. You shouldn't be disappointed in yourself. You did absolutely. I mean, you got there absolutely in the end. disappointed. I should have handled what, that. What are you disappointed about? Um, I just didn't feel like I I just I just didn't like I just didn't like what I was doing up to that point. And then once I was able to like once everything like came out. 
like, okay, now I can just be myself and just fuck it. We're just going to go from here. But it's just like, I don't know what I could have done better to kind of avoid that because I, that's not a moment that I was looking for personally, mm. you know, not that he put me in that moment, not that I'm going to necessarily blame him, but you know, that's like in that moment, that's not, that's not what I, I should have like, granted it's what the show is. I should know better, but, but surely you've come up against in a this million before different places in your personal yeah. life. Like, Surely you've come up with this before. It's not the first time you've been asked who you're seeing or like surely you've got. Yeah, but it's easier to play that off when you're doing it in front of your radio idol and you're doing it in front of his audience and then you got to go to work 12 hours from less than 12 hours. You know, you got to You got to be headstrong. You know, that's it's it's a different level of fucking being just being fucking putting your head down and going. Mm. You know, I want the job. That's not, that's not, that's, that's not in the dispute. Um, but you know, you got a lot of stuff going on around, so you just got to manage it all. It's not easy. And you got the family at, cause it's a real moment. So, so what is, the, what is, is the regret that you did it on the show? Like you didn't call your fan, like it wasn't something. That's that a regret that I didn't talk to my parents beforehand. I regret not talking to my parents beforehand. And I've been dealing with that a lot today. And doing okay uh it, it's it's been a tough day it's been I'm a tough sorry day to hear that. i mean that's coming out is a massive um occasion but you know but i because i blame myself for not having the courage to tell them earlier mm. i mean in some ways thank yeah Kirk. i don't know if i put it that way <laughs> but it's like but it but is it but you're right because does it release a massive anchor off my chest it's a fair question you know that he just ripped the band-aid off for me because nobody else was going to do it mm. um maybe if i knew him for a year it would have been a little bit different right mm. but you know um i think it's tough because i blame myself for not being more transparent about where i was in my life, but I didn't feel like I needed to be because I was still just going through it. And, uh, you know, a real moment played out in front of everybody's eyes last night. Yeah. Well, um, I guess congratulations in, in some way. Like I think, um, it doesn't change. You know, it's such a, no, I still it might not get the job, you know, no, so but I think as a person, it's changed something that you can now be who you are like tommy quinlan gonna, with the eight yeah, and a half inch fight. cock fucking smashing guys having a great time nothing you know nothing to hide behind like you can just be you now yeah and i you know what i enjoyed what i was doing before too though like it wasn't like it wasn't a problem like i I do my little broadcast. I do my little radio show. I go home. I focus on my career and my what I do in my personal life and doing my personal life, and never interfered in my professional life. This is the first time those two things ever crossed over. Mm. I think you're still young. Like I think these things have, but will eventually yeah, come out anyway. Yeah, they will. But I, you know, on your own volition, right? Yeah, but I think you. Uh, as I said, I think you. The way you handle but again, that. You, you yes, can blame because, nerves. You can blame nerves, but you you opened the door by saying that ambiguous answer that like you could have just shut the door. Because I abs abs of fucking, and that's where I blame myself for sure. But when. 
but that's where I felt like, oh my God, like this is going south. I got to sit here for another, at least another hour and 15 minutes and nothing's working right now. But there's extremes like, okay, it's not working, but then also you don't have to reveal the most personal private thing um, that you've got. Yeah. But again, I did, but, but that's on me for not anticipating that question. Fair enough. Um, So you said today's been a tough day. Um, Sorry to hear that. I mean, how's your family taken the news? You know, we're talking through it. I I, I don't think they're going to want to be as part of this. You know, I, they, they helped me out last night. You know, I don't think they would do the whole radio thing. I've kind of kept them out of it for the most part of my career. Um, last night they stepped up. Absolutely. Because um, I, when, and I was sort of watching on delay last night. So I tweeted out, I thought you weren't doing a great job, but I was like an hour behind. And for me, you know, when it really turned the corner was when you called your mum. Cause I thought that was so gutsy. Like that, that must've been so difficult for you to do. Like she was watching, she just got this news that although she knew about apparently she, you know, she still saw it on a podcast on YouTube rather than, you know, you telling her privately, uh, but she was fine on the phone. Uh, so incredibly gutsy to call her. Um, yeah. That must've been tough. Again, it comes down to you either roll with it or you back down and you go into a corner. Mm. And you rolled with it. So, and, you, and you seemed like you were having a great time on the show, laughing a lot. I mean, that laugh what, of yours yeah. when Mike got you going, it was great. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I listen, Mike's very funny. I'm a very, I've always been a big, big fan of Mike. So, to like, you know, it's like when you see your favorite comedian for the first time. You know, it's like you maybe laugh a little bit harder because it's that first experience seeing them yes. in person so close. Um, wow. And then how was it going to work today? I didn't sleep last night. I stayed up all night, um, came home, probably stared at the wall for about 20 minutes. Uh, went to the gym around like one forty-five in the morning. Lifted and then uh, just went to work. Normal day, head down. Get, to, get some sleep go. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I just I crashed. Good. Well, I, uh, I'm actually taking. I uh, I'm actually taking tomorrow off just because I need to. I need. I just need a break. Wow. Well, you had an intense twenty four hours. Kind of an intense really... twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything? Anyone say anything at work? No. Just uh, I kind of just put my head down at work today didn't really nobody would really know that you know at least in the morning during the morning shift i mean i'm talking we're talking about a talk show audience we're talking about so a they're completely all asleep different audience yeah they're they're all asleep so um and it's rhode island too you know people know who kirk is down here we have a lot of rhode island listeners down here um that listen to kirk uh that also listen to the morning show so you know there is some cross pollination there but for the most part it didn't really you know it's still still very new it is still very new i mean this is a new world for you and i'm, I'm really not making light of it it's um 
and it look, was a great show. It was a fantastic KMS show. And you're right, you were struggling a bit before that. I thought the flow, you're just struggling to get into the flow. But that, I mean, every producer does that. You, you're not Robinson Crusoe um, alone there. And I think you, whether you came, or, came out or not, I think you would have got more into the flow as time went on. Um, but, you know, huge respect for you. Just swung for the fences. I mean, you, you've played all your trump cards. The suicide you played with. Montante on Montante's world. Now you've come out on KMS. I mean, is there anything else you want to tell us about? No, my sister threw the Disney thing out there, so I can't play that one anymore. I mean, that's um, not even that bad. Yeah. Plays as a story. Cheerleading, use that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, um, yeah. We'll, uh, and I would suggest maybe, um, do you know Alex Reamer or do, do you know anyone you can talk yeah, to? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's plenty of people I could talk to. I, you should talk I, to someone about what happened because, you know, it's, it's a big thing, what you did. Uh, oh, yeah, it was I've a great talking, show. Been, I was talking to people all day. I mean, there's there's right. people that I know that, you know, I've that that just have been very supportive. I mean, Reamer, I've known, I know, I knew Reamer, I was doing Herald Radio back in the day with Shattuck, and um, he was co-hosting. I think he also won Totally Patriots. The same year I did, which is like a which was like a kid show on WBZ. Um, yeah, like uh, there's plenty of people I can talk to for sure. Um, just uh, yeah, good. That's, well, well, that's not a problem. Okay, well, so you know, I'm sending you um, all my best, Tommy. You, you, you know, you're very brave. Really, the the listeners loved it. You know, I know, you know, everyone, the, 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 the fans will shit and shit on and make fun of everything. So that's just, you got to accept that. Um, but well, that, you know, that incredibly brave. That, that I'm aware of like that. I'm not, that I'm not afraid of. Like that's like, if you want to like successful radio shows have very critical people, part of it, like mm. that's definitely part, like the reception to the video that I put out wasn't great, but you know, Kirk didn't hate it. So it's like, Hey, you know what? It's not, not everything's always going to be a home run with people, but as long as, long as the efforts are pre- appreciated on the other end, then there's nothing else you can ask for. Mm. And look, your DMs will be lighting up now that you've come out because you also dropped the eight and a half inch cock on there at the end. So I am sure you will be very popular in Boston. I don't even know where you live, but you'll be very popular. The next Providence. 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 Oh, isn't that, is that P-Town? Is that like? No, no that's Provincetown. Provincetown, right. I bet you go there a lot as well. No, I've never been. Okay. Um all right, now I want to get into some show stuff. Um, when did you start listening to KMS? Probably when Kirk left radio.com. I started with Steve, and then I was living in Florida at the time, and my career started just not necessarily spiraling, but when you're working for a mom and pop radio station, you know, every day is a fight. And that's where I was at, in Pensacola. So I probably fell off for a little bit. You know, I would dip in and out. And then when I came back up to Boston, I mean, uh, in Providence, I started listening to Kirk more regularly again. But, that, you know, I became an everyday listener, I would say, when when Dave took over. Okay. So you've just been listening yeah. for the last two years to every show. Um Two years, but, you know, again, I know the big moments. I know the Kiritone moment, you know. I understand, you know, when when 
Curatone, Curatone, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Joe Curatone. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. I, I'm a New Yorker. I, I can say my Italian last names, my friend. Thank you. Curatone. Yes, thank you. Curatone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know the Cullen story. I know a lot of the EEI stuff. When I was living in Florida in Pensacola, I would work out in the morning. I'd go to the gym around three o'clock in the morning. That's where I first started really waking up really early, and, you know, working out before work because it just helps get me going in the, just to have a better show. Um, Kirk does that sometimes. He used to run at like 4 a.m. before his Kirk and Callahan show. Yeah, and, and I, you know, and I was living by myself in Pensacola, and I was just on an island, and I just needed to have as much energy every day to go into every. So I was living in Pensacola. I was listening to Kirk and Callahan because it's an hour behind, so I'd be able to listen to the first hour of Kirk. So before my radio show would start, I'd actually call in to Kirk and Callahan pretty religiously and um, would just shoot the shit whenever. So like, that's when I would say I became pretty religious to following Kirk. And you'd heard Kirk though before on the radio. Is that right? That's, that's right with Kirk and Jerry. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I would call in in 2017. Yeah. So you call into the Kirk and Callahan show regularly. Mm. It's funny how, you know, I sort of think back to that period, and I just love that show, Kirk and Callahan. I thought, no show will ever be better than this. Like, this is just, you know, this will never be matched. Yet now, Kirk Minahan, the Kirk Minahan show is like 10 times better than Kirk and Callahan was. Yeah, because he can be himself. Like, and it's, you know, it's not just all, like, it's it's a regular. Do you know what Ron and Fez is? Like, you, have, have you listened to any of that? I've only, I only know about them because of, you know, I think Blind Mike talks about them, but I've never heard them. Those types of There, there is shows. one listener to the KMS show whose nickname is Fez, who's a complete dropkick. Continue. The only, the only, the, those types of radio shows that have those types of cult followings that are, got very strong listeners, very passionate listeners, very engaged listeners, those don't exist nowadays. So that's why this show is, in my opinion, special because it's the last of a dying breed of shows that have real cult followings. Like I don't think any show at Barstool could say they have what Kirk has, who has a network of fans that just talk about the show, what happens on the show. Yeah. It was a big day for the actual Kirk Minahan network because Mike and the Minna fans was featured on Barstool radio. Which should say something about you guys. What is that? Sorry. I said, it should say something about you guys. Well, I mean, I think the fact that the network has, I think, grown to such a point where I think it's, you know, people, people need to know, like, hey, I got to pay attention to the network on top of paying attention to Kirk, because there's (laughs) so much shit that goes on around. It's not just blowing you. It's just being, you know, that that's just being real about why this thing is what I why I think this thing is one of the last ones to ever exist but it, it's sort of that actual situation encapula, encapsulates the Minifan world that okay so there's Mike and the Minifans obviously a wrap-up show and I don't think there's many other Barstool podcasts that would have a wrap-up show then you know one of the Minifans is the waiter for Kirk and Jeff uh, Jeff Lowe and then 
you know, that waiter then comes on, you know, the wrap-up show to talk about people splitting a bill, which, like, in no other shows would that be talked about. No one would even think about it. But, yeah, because the Minifans are insane, uh, you know, David comes on, talks about that, and it just sparks a whole new conversation. And, um, yeah, credit to David for coming on and dobbing them in. Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, again, all part of why the, the reason why this thing is successful. I, I think it's, I, I honestly, it has to be the most successful podcast at Barstool. Has to be. I don't, I like, Barstool Radio is its own thing, but it feels like it's kind of insulated. And this thing is insulated too, but it is more, I think it has more of a reach because I think, like, a lot of people know, obviously, I think more people know Kirk, especially since he's joined Barstool. Like, I think more people know Kirk than people realize. And I think because oh, the response that I've seen today is unbelievable. Like, it's wild. Yeah. It's fucking wild. And I don't even think it's the size of the audience. Like, there's much bigger podcasts. It's the passion. It's the But the engagement, the, the engagement, the locked in, having to listen to everyone, you know. Pardon my I would take. imagine can most you, of these people Part of my take listeners it. would never do a wrap-up show on Pardon My Take. I mean, like, kicking footballs and drinking beer. It's It's just, it's, you know, most of this is, again, a relic of what was, you know, the golden age of talk radio from New York. Yes. This is now, what would happen on Howard. Yeah, I've been to Plymouth. You've been to Plymouth. I yeah, was like, usually to had to something going on up. whenever he had something like the whenever he has the live shows. I usually had something going on at that time, so I couldn't make it. Mm. You must have yeah. been, as a sound guy, as a producer, you must have been sitting there, sort of not hearing the sound, thinking, "Oh boy, Carlinane is going to get in trouble." I thought, "Oh boy, he's fucked." Yeah. I mean, that was the, the thing I heard out of that night. Um, but did you have a good time with the Minifans? I mean, that I love the Minifans. They are great people. That's why I do the network because I love the Minifans. They're, it's like a family. Uh, yeah. You know, there's it's... all these characters and everyone get you know, despite the shitting on each other, everyone does sort of love each other. Yeah. it's Again, I go back to it's the last of a dying breed. It's the last of a real type of podcast, whatever you want to call it. Radio show <coughs> size audience where you have people that are willing to travel anywhere. They love doing live shows. They do live shows. Um, they have wrap-up shows like this. They have characters that are part of the, you know, the world and you have regulars and everything like, if you go back and listen to Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez, like this is the model for a really successful fucking wild cult-like brand. And, and if, if you were to get the job, and I know we're jumping the gun a bit here, but say you were lucky enough to be the one given this this role. Um, where do you think my you chances work... stand? Okay. Um, well, where do I think? I think it's too early to tell. I think there's a there's a real if push if for it Justin. was between me, Mick, and Montante. Well, I think Mick's probably out now. It so shouldn't take that long. What what shouldn't take that long for me to answer this? Between me, Mick, and Montante. I, I really like Montante, and I think he could do a great job. I think he could do a fantastic job. He My, break in three months. Ooh, it's, okay. I, I my 
Love you, thoughts Michael. Ar- my thoughts around you getting this job are you've actually had experience producing audio and video and radio, and I think that is really important to someone producing a podcast. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, you know, someone has experience producing a major show. So I think you're, you've got a really good chance. Um, and probably now you and Montante are about neck and neck. And I think it, you know, it will come down to your second appearance because, you know, you know, you've, 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 you've swung for the, to the rafters with, you know, you've hit a home run the first time, but what's the second Tommy Quinlan show like? Uh, that to me will be the real test. The second Tommy Quinlan show, now that the nerves are out and now there's really, you know, nothing for me to fucking try to play defense on. Um, it's probably a little bit, you know, more like what Dave was doing. And then short term, just, hey, throw topics out. You know, try not to insert sound without it being asked for. You know, I think I just Don't do what Dave did. Be a lot more diligent than Dave. And I would suggest. So in terms of, in terms of what, in terms of, sure. But in terms of like what I bring to the show, you know, there's not going to be that first time. You know, you're not, you're not going to get that. Like I'll have sound for sure, but like, you know, I'm not going to try to get creative unless get creative. I'm told to get creative. Yeah. I mean, one pro tip is don't say what's said in the sound before playing it. You just say to Kirk, Hey, I want to play something the BA said, and then you play it and then get his reaction. Um, A couple of times you said, Oh, I want to play this. This is what they said. And Kirk was like, well, you've just said it. So I think you've just got to be gutsy on that. But would you work closely with the network if you got the job? Yeah, because I think the network's part of the show. Like, yeah. I think I, I, th- I think the network is is a big part of the show. Like, again, it goes back to my my view on Ron and Fez and Opie and Anthony. Like, they made and Howard, they made their audience the news of the day. Mm. Yeah, I mean, from the going on in the world, that's you know worth talking about you know hey if you want to talk about it let's go uh, and that's you know, on him to decide whether or not he wants to go with it but i think the world is definitely a, especially after today you know appearing on barstool radio you know clearly there's a value to having this and i think people will get a kick out of all the backstabbing and the factions and the drama yeah. you know and my, my vision for creating the a sex, successful yeah. environment and my vision for the network is if we have two or three shows a week regularly, so not so like you have Mike and the Minifans fans every week and then you just have other shows that sort of come on once a month or twice a month, but you have quite a few of them. So then should you get two or three good shows a week? You know, I'm trying to build a sustainable network, you know, because a lot of people have what's called pod fade or show fade where they go yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it every week and then you know four weeks into it they realize oh that's a lot of work and then they just drop off whereas i want people to to come up with shows that are sustainable you know and if you've only got capacity to come on once a month and talk about the show do that because if you get as i said four or five of those doing once a month then you're going to have enough every week uh to keep the network going um, so sort of just ho- hopefully uh, locked in a new producer for the network to help people. Um, I've got some terrible pitches. I mean, Andrew Augustus, who's applying for the same job as you, he he sent me a pitch today to 
play a baseball card game on the network. Like play, you know those baseball card games where it, you play and it has the plays and everything. He wants to play yeah. that on the network. I'm like, okay, fine, but that's going to be terrible. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. It's not because I don't think this is a sports show. This is not. This is not a sports brand. This it's is not a, a sports brand. brand. Absolutely. It's definitely they don't. Nev- they never talk about sport. Um, they never talk about like. And again, I think sports is obviously part of Kirk's world in a very big way, and uh, you know. But um, yeah, I, uh, so, I, so I, I don't if you think, get the job, yeah. hopefully, and um, we can work together on the network. Um, do you feel bad going up against Montante? I mean, you were just shitting on him before, but I heard you on his show. Now you two are locked in battle you know here's what happens in time of war you know the germans and the russians at one time the germans and the russians at one time didn't get along right but after time heals all wounds right Mm -hmm. so it's just it's wartime once wartime's over everything's all peaceful yeah To, to, to answer your question i think justin's a real wild card because for some reason, Mike's pushing for him. Obviously, Kirk knows him. He's done the producing before, so there wouldn't be a lot of technical know-how needed to to be taught to him, unlike Montante. I don't think Justin's a real uh, wild card. I just I don't think he can mentally cope with the job, so I'm, I'm reticent to recommend him. And then the other one is John Rich. He's at Barstool. Dave Portnoy has given him a massive endorsement. Apparently he's turned the rundown around. You know, if John Rich just blows everyone out of the water and says, I moved to Boston, uh, maybe he could just sort of come in and from nowhere, but he doesn't listen to the show. So, you know, that is a, a big negative. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to play out. I don't think Andrew Augustus will get the job. I don't think Beyond Average Mick will get the job. I think you're one of the front runners because of your experience. Um, but I think at the end of this week, we'll have a, a much clearer idea on, on sort of where you're sitting. Um, yeah. Do, do you think this will affect your current workplace? I put out a tweet last night that said last night was probably career-changing. Um, my current workplace, I don't think it'll affect anything. You know, if I don't get this, I don't know how I can keep, you know, I don't see many conservative radio talk stations that look at me as a winner anymore. So that's probably, because that's what I do for the most part when I'm not doing my show, which is not necessarily right, left, or in the middle. It's just news. Uh, when I'm in there as a fill in talk show host, I'm a little bit more right leaning. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but How does that work with your beliefs and lifestyle? Sure, I think um, I think nobody lives in a silo. Yes, that's nobody right. lives in a silo, and I think you got to be open minded to everything. Uh, I think there's a lot of antiquated, thing, like especially living in Pensacola and living in Florida and living in the Deep South, like you see the antiquated, hard right thinking up close and personal. Uh, but you know, I think, you know, there's, I, I work in the news world, so I see the fuckery. Right. And nobody's clean. Nobody's and clean. Uh, do, so, do, you, do you vote for the Dems or the Republicans, if you want to say it? 
You don't have to. Yeah, say sure. It. I could say I voted for Trump uh, in 2016 and 2020. Um, I Montante just came, by the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I uh, I believe there are some really good Democrats out there. Uh, but there's nobody out there that's stealing the mic away from Trump right now, no matter you know what side of the aisle you're on. Well, I can't imagine many members of your community would have. Do you have those conversations no. with them? I mean, no. I think a lot of it's cultural based. I think there are some things that, like I like you know who you know who's a very just the most I think the most well spoken person in general is Bill Maher. Right. I'm a Bill Maher guy. Okay. So I like his views about how listen there's some bad shit crazy ideas on the right we all get that but the way the left is going with all their views on culture and society, while a lot of it, you know, does make sense for today, most of it just makes people look crazy. Like I think experimenting with um, hormonal drugs for kids at a young age is not something we should be doing right now. I think, you know, that's something that at the moment we should just wait until a kid is 18 so they can make that the decision. I think that's tough to do that, you know, mm-hmm. when they're 12 and 13 years old or three, it's a little, it's a little much. So it's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that, yeah. but I do support like all you- kids that, you know, do want to be who they are. Yeah. Right. But I think you, I think experimenting with something that extreme at a young age, it's a little much. And maybe you're finally who you are. So I've always been who I am matters. Like I've always been who I am. It's one of those things. No, you're not though. If If you, you can say that, but if you're not telling your family and your friends and, um, you You don't have to, but I'm just saying, wait, 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 wait. I, I was, I was telling them, like they, like I was starting to come out in January. Okay. I was telling friends in January. There was my sister found out in April. Like it was, it was all moving along. Like actually, the way I wanted it to. So you were becoming who you were slowly. Slowly. Yeah. As you said, they ripped the bandaid off. Um. I mean, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Um. As I said, it's, it's, it's a big thing, and you know, you did great. You really did great. And um, just on the show, though. So you know, you've you've told me about you know what you love about the show. You started after Steve left, um, so you like the culinary. Era. I would say I started after the Steve left, as much as it was, you know, I became. It was hard. Like I dipped in and out because I was so entrenched in my shit. Like. Mm. I couldn't keep up with Kirk. I hated like sometimes Steve. when you I hated him. Uh, he's adorable. I love him. I hated. I him. love him because because like I think Dave's a little bit inept, but he's he's sweet. He's a sweet guy. Just you know, Steve's all business. Yeah, and Steve's a liar. He would dox Minna fans. He would try and get them fired from their jobs. Like he's he's 
a really I wouldn't say nasty per yeah nasty person and he's got a, a sort of a bit of an evil streak to him whereas I think Carl's just a little bit inept but you know okay so then as a listener you know how have you charted Dave Cullinane's slow decline or not even slow I mean didn't even start at great heights but I had such hopes for him huge hopes for him and he and I almost even until he lost the job I thought he and Kirk were having had a sort of gentleman's agreement where Kirk was like you know what don't worry about the socials. Don't worry about this stuff because we're not making money off it. Just focus on the show and the live stuff, and that's where we make our money. But clearly that wasn't happening. I mean, how have you seen it? Dave's decline? Yeah. I would say probably within the last couple of months, it started to sound a little bit weird between them. They just, it sounded like something was off, but you know what coming from somebody that's works with somebody and see somebody every day for three hours a day and you, you know, really four hours a day. And then, you know, you got to catch up late. Like it's a lot, you know, you personalities wear on each other after a while. So, you know, sometimes you just need some space. And when you have that much pressure on you, you know, it just, I think it, it's, it's a lot and you want to, you want to do well and you want to, you know, build out this thing and try to make it as successful as possible. But, um, you know, sometimes you just get caught up with the, uh, you just get, you just get caught up with being around each other too much. Like that's why I don't hang out with Gene outside of my radio show. Yeah. Like it's yeah. better just that we just have our relationship in the studio because, you know, too much time around each other, it's gonna it's gonna cause a lot of friction. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I, this job does require you to be around each other a lot. It's just I, you know, for me, if I did get the job, you know, the thing that he said last night that you have to be fully aware of is just always be four steps ahead. Always yeah. be thinking four yeah. steps ahead. Yeah, Dave wasn't, and the social media is just an example of that. And what I think is so surprising, and would well, you? Yeah, can I ask you about oh, the social media? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So break it down for me. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. How would you do it? Well, what would you do with the Facebook? What would you do with the Twitter? What would you do with the Instagram? Okay. So, um, I, for first thing, I would get a piece of software to schedule out posting so you don't have to be doing it all the time i use something called buffer so you, you know the show ends you can make clips you can make content and you can just set it for the next 48 hours on all the platforms so that's the first thing i'd do um so it's automatically done i'm showing a little like here tonight i hope you don't mind well i like it um and um you know i think twitter needs more of a voice as Kirk was saying, I'm just ripping this off him, but, you know, it doesn't really do much apart from sharing clips at the moment. So I think Twitter is something you'd want to actually be more engaging with people and actually. And, and, and okay, so what is what define engaging? Like, is it? Like is a it reply polls? to, is it? you might repose, you might reply to other Barstool uh, content. You, um, what, is it? what do you, you think know, about spaces? I think they're not bad. I think a daily post KMS wrap up show would be good. They used to do one a lot. So it used to be Justin actually, when he was working for the show, would do a wrap up show after every show. So it'd be that night with a different Minna fan. That's something that could be done on spaces or live on Twitter. Um, so 
I'd just use Twitter to get more in, in battles with people, you know, try and stir shit up. As And Kirk said this. I'm just saying what he said. And then Facebook and Instagram, I'm not a big fan of those platforms at the moment. I think they're slowly dying. But they want them utilised. Absolutely. I would just be posting clips of the show there. So you probably make some clips for Twitter. I would just be posting those three or four as well on Instagram or Facebook. Um, because as Instagram hadn't had a post for three months, Facebook since January, it wouldn't be hard to just do the same clips on those platforms. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of those. But TikTok's where obviously the show needs to be. I don't know what Barstool's strategy around TikTok is, but real real format is the way to get You're not concerned about TikTok at all? Concerned why? I mean, I'm not I, – I, I think that – I think – it being a Chinese controlled app and it's being masked as this cute little fun video platforming. Platform. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned about that. They're getting, they're getting so much data. So, I mean, at everybody. some point, do you think it's going to survive? Like, do you think TikTok's going to still be around or do you think at some point it just goes away? Mm, is it, is it, is it worth? Is some it, countries have banned it. Um, I think it could go away at any time when the secrets come out um, about what's going on in China. For me, it doesn't bother me, but I know if you worked in for the government, if you worked, yeah, if you worked for the government in any role, you shouldn't have TikTok on your phone. Um, that is just non-negotiable. So shouldn't that be alarming? Okay, I'm talking about growing KMS here, right? Sure, absolutely. So, so aside from whether China's going to find out that you're uh, you've come out on a TikTok or a reel, right. I know. Yeah, absolutely, thank you. The Chinese I, would be fascinated to exactly. watch that last night's episode. I think every country, every there's one person from every country in the world that would be fascinated to watch what they what happened last night. <laughs> I would case that. study on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but. You know, reels and the same format on TikTok gets massive consumption, and it's reels a huge way. Of, I agree. It's yeah. a huge way of growing the podcast. I know yes. from some podcasts I produce. You know, one of them just the TikTok account goes off in the states to the point where we just get constant downloads from people discovering us on TikTok. So I would definitely be, you know, putting those videos that you put on Twitter, converting them to reels, and you can put reels on Instagram and TikTok in the same format. And you would, I mean, you would see, I would say millions of views. I mean, if you look at their case page, uh, some of their case TikToks, got over a million views. So that would probably be the strategy I'd be looking at. Cool. Um, all right. A um, couple of listener questions. Anything you want to raise on the show? Anything you want to put out there about your application before we get into listener questions? No, I'm good. You've done great so far. It's great to have you on, Tommy. I'd love to get to know you. Um, I did listen to you on Montante as well, but it was like three hours and I switched off before you got into the suicide talk so uh, maybe i'll have to go back and listen to it i won't make you rehash it here um right. you want to talk about it not really um okay not really um oh okay well, i do have a question though did when you were so you were hosting the cheerleading competitions but not running them right so i was is, the MC. so is that when you knew you were gay like when all these hot chicks were there and you were just like nothing's happening uh, no, I knew at a young age that I wanted, I was, I had a girlfriend at the time. It was, you know, 
something more, I would say that happened when I was later in college. Yeah. Right. An encounter with someone that you enjoyed or no, just probably no. You didn't what happened that. was okay. I was, I was in uh, high school and I wasn't playing sports and I was an announcer and you know, I wanted to do this shit, obviously no idea why. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I just kept on taking little gigs when I was a kid cause that's how I made money, you know, public dress announcing little gigs here and there, whatever, you know, and that was a good, you know, $250 day right there for yeah, of 16 year or 17 year old. So How good. All those cheerleaders. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I had a girlfriend for multiple years at the time that like was like my high school sweetheart and everything. And yeah. It was like, you didn't get a boner while doing that hosting because everyone would have seen it. I can keep it professional. Yeah. Good. Keep it very professional. professional. And so you're probably aware of this, or maybe you're not, but there's there's a few men and ladies that are, are very attracted to Kirk. You can just see them sort of yeah, throwing I them. I think two of them stuff. sat behind me. Mm, and, uh, uh, Julie, Julie really wants to pound him. Like it is, gotcha. it is very clear. And a couple of others, I'm not going to name names. Okay. okay. Um, but um, you said he was quite attractive at Plymouth. Was that just a, a way of ingratiating yourself with him or, or true story? I like the suit. I did mm. like the suit, so I thought he looked good. And powerful men are attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, now let's get into the list of the questions. All right. Um <laughs> Okay, this is from Nipples. This is for you, obviously. Which is better, Oneyville, New York system, or Winorama? I don't know. Wienerama. 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 So we, they're both uh, wiener places up here, which they're not hot dogs. They're wieners. They're made a little bit differently. I haven't been to either of those places, which is like sacrilegious for Rhode Island. So I can't say either right now. I also mm-hmm. haven't been to Stanley's yet in Central Falls. Um Am I missing anybody else? George and Ernie at Wienerama, Oneville system. It's Oneville, by the way. It's not Oneville. It's Oneville. Okay. Say that to the Rhode Islander. I sat next to Nipples. I met Nipples too, by the way. Nipples sat next to me. I think the two, the one of the girls that wanted to bang Kirk was sitting behind us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was a collection of meta fans. Mm, Ted Sarandis, what does Tommy think of the fact that Andy Mayo thought he was a fictional character? Probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the Kirk Manhattan show. <laughs> Are you a Mayo guy? Uh, after his latest appearance, yeah, I'm all in on Mayo. Good, yeah, I'm great friends with Mayo. This is for me. If I lived in Sudbury, Massachusetts, rather than Sydney, Australia, would you have the KMS producer's job already wrapped up? 100%. I would be, I'd have taken, I'd have actually probably taken over a year ago, in in truth. I mean, if I lived in Sudbury, Mass, not only would I be producing KMS, but it would be 
a fucking juggernaut. And I regret the fact that I don't live closer. I've thought about emigrating. I've thought about blowing all the other applicants out of the water. I could probably start in January if you're interested, Kirk. It would take me a few months to tie everything up. I also need a green card, Kirk, if you can arrange that. But, yes, absolutely. Um, and Ted, Sar <laughs> Ted Sarandis, what do you think of the incredible response to the KMS network rankings? Ted, they suck. All right, now this is – now, what is the Tommy Stakes nickname about? Uh, I eat a lot of steak for a living and I post it on social media. Okay. So Sunday afternoon, fullbacks is asked, and I'm a big steak guy, so I'm looking forward to this. Take us through, through your full process of making a steak. Include shopping, where, what, cut, prep, cooking, post-cooking. So I usually cuts. go to Whole Foods because they usually have the best meat cuts around here. So I usually go get like a good London broil from like Whole Foods. What is it you love about Jeez. steak, by the way? Big, big it's like red meat. meat. Mouth. Yeah. Yeah, there you Swear go. Get the dick jokes in there. There no. you go. <laughs> I love Come a bit on. of meat in my mouth, too. Come on. Come on. There you go. I know. Big, sure juicy you red meat in my mouth. There um, you go. So Any you more? go to what cut? So broiled, what did you say? London broil. London broil or uh, filet mignon. London broil. I don't even know what that is. And then how do you cook it? Uh, probably. So I season it with like, uh, this stuff called Dale seasoning. It's like a yep. marinade. You rub it on there. So it's a um, rub, not a marinade. It's a dry rub. No, it's a marinade. It's, it's, it's not like a dry a rub, but like, you know, I, but you know, obviously I spread it on there. Right. Mm, but you you know, do. I don't just shake it. I spread it on there. Yeah. So, um, season it, spread it on there leave it in the fridge for a couple of hours probably or a day. Yeah. And then uh, take it out medium rare. Now, the in the fridge, do you leave, do you cover it? Because if you don't cover it, yeah, leave cover it in the it. fridge, you, well, you get a bit of an age flavor. Interesting. And then yeah, how do you okay. grill it? How do you grill it? Uh, so how do you eat it? Cook it on low temperature for the first couple of minutes. Let's sit on each side and then I'll grill it up. I'll turn it up for like the last minute and a half, two minutes. Flip and how do you eat medium rare? Age side, medium rare, yeah. Yeah. Sides, what's your go-to sides? Mashed potatoes, broccoli, asparagus. Sauce, mustard? Brunei sauce. Brunei sauce. Now, do you make that yourself? Do you, do you whip it up yourself or do you buy it? I buy it. Or peppercorn sauce is good too. I do like pepper sauce. I'm a big pepper sauce Peppercorn sauce. So you know what peppercorn sauce is? Yes, we have it here. Okay. I love it. It's like gravy with peppercorns in it. Regular food out in Australia. We do. Also I see bugs that are the size of people out in your country. Mm. Uh, so sticking with the steak, so I'm a I'm a I've been going through a big Wagyu rump at the moment. So there's this butcher. Is Wagyu expense more expensive out there, but because it's this is I've got a good butcher that does the Wagyu rump at a good price. I think it's around 30 australian dollars a kilo so it's not that expensive if you're getting yeah. one steak um and then i leave it out um, let it get to room temperature season it salt and pepper i've got this little smoky rub that i might put on it sometimes and then i'll sear it in a very hot pan get some nice caramelization going on the outside of the steak 
Then I like to put it in an oven to finish it. So I'll get an oven and usually I'll get an onion and cut it in half and put the steak on the onion. So it's sitting high in the pan on the onion. And then I'll put it in the oven for another like five minutes if the oven's hot to, to get the, to finish it off. And then I love it with chips or mashed potato or roast kifla potatoes. And uh, yeah, I like peppercorn sauce or mushroom sauce. Okay, mushroom yeah. sauce. Not really like a big watery sauce. Guys, gotta be like thick and creamy, like a good thick and creamy sauce. Peppercorn can be watery depending on. No, there you go. There are more dick jokes. Peppercorn <laughs> could be watery depending on how you make it, but yeah, great. And I, I'm a. I like one good steak a week. Like I think you need one. Yeah, one a week. Yeah, I like. My, I'm not. I like. You know, I do usually red meat every night for uh, dinner. And then I'll do like one steak dinner, probably like on a Saturday or Sunday night. Love it. So, yeah. Um, Michigan man, what will you do as producer to help promote, promote the work, network and find a real CEO? Well, I think we've answered that. Uh, this is Dr. Joe. He's an idiot. Would Tommy let men suck his penis to get a chance to produce the KMS? Uh, how much money do I get in return? I don't know. It's just a, no. If, if, if Kirk I, said, if Kirk said, you will get a job if you let Menas do this. What's the number that I'm getting paid? Well, I don't know. If it's two hundred. If it's two. If it's two fifty, then yes. Say seventy five to ninety a year. I think say Carl's on around no, eighty a year. I'm good. No, you need to get paid more than that. I need to get paid. I need to get paid a lot more than that. But I'm doing the sucking in this instance. There's an age limit, and you're over it. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm 47. You're 32. You're you're way over it. You're way over it. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not queuing up for this, but I mean, I'm I'm very ageist on this point. So sorry. Great. But um, if it's for 250 grand, I've got to think about that. I'd do it for 250 grand. So absolutely. Yeah. We'll split the money. It's not like he doesn't uh, have it. Yes, exactly. All right, that was all the listener questions. So, so we end Minna Fandom with um, a tribute to Red's dead parents about, you know, what could they be watching up in heaven at the moment? And um, I'll start I it off. I hope they were fucking watching last night. I, well, I think they were, absolutely. Um, I, I've been watching at the moment. I saw a movie called Strays on the weekend, um, yeah. which was, like, funny. It was very funny, but it was stupid. And then I've been watching two shows, Rogue Heroes, which is about the formation of the SAS. Uh, you would love it, all those big manly guys running around. Um, so Rogue Heroes, uh, I don't know where it is in the States, but it's brilliant. And another one, A Spy Among Friends, which is a show about um, a spy in the 50s and 60s in Britain. A bit slower than Rogue Heroes, but certainly worth watching. Um, what have you been watching, Tommy? What do you watch? I usually just shut it down after I focus on my job. So really, you don't watch TV? No. So uh, because of my job, I wake wake up, go to the gym, or I'll go on a run. Now, I usually lift. I used to lift in the morning. Now I just run, just because of the way I'm training. Um, go to work from five to nine. Go to the gym from like nine thirty to noon. Come home, sleep, eat. I usually just sit in silence because okay. I can just get into a world where, or I, you know, I'm listening to the last half hour of Kirk live. 
Fantastic. I mean, that's the sort of attitude Kirk wants to be his producer. He doesn't want people going home and having a life. He wants them focused, 24 hours KMS. And it sounds like you could be that person. Like, there's no way. Like, Montante and Mike in the Minifans was a little bit concerned that Sunday, you know, Sunday is his big football day and he just he starts drinking at 11 a.m. And by, you yeah. know, the last game of football, he's done all his money. He can't talk. He, he crawls to bed and passes out with, you know, I don't know what he's been drinking, whereas, you know, he might have to go in and record in studio on a Sunday night. So you sounds like you wouldn't have those problems. No, I mean, obviously I'm a huge New York Giants fan, but, you know, most of those games take place at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I like having my Mondays because I like to have a strong Monday. I like to go to the gym and have a good workout on Monday. I don't like having a lazy Monday. Uh, I think Mondays are the most important day of the week. Um, like him. You're a go-getter. Yeah, I don't fuck around. No. Like, I went in there last night, like, ready to play. I got knocked off my game last night a little for the first time in a very long time. It's like when you get it's like when a it's like when a box or it's like when a fighter goes down or up a weight and it's your first it's like when yeah because i'm going up a weight in this scenario <laughs> and you're going in there to your first fight in a heavyweight fight and you get your fucking teeth kicked in but you survive all five rounds you did that's what that's strong. So, you know, next time, a little bit more aware of what I'm walking into. So, we'll see. You'll get another go. You'll definitely get another go. Oh, absolutely. So, um, well, because there's Tommy, layers here. Like, yeah. I, I, I absolutely. There's not many people that are left that are my age that are actually fucking grinding this way, the way I do in radio. I went to like, you don't even know my career story yet. You just know <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. I just, some I random don't... dude from Providence that just came out on fucking KMS last night. It's all you know about me. You yeah, don't know that I had right. my life and moved to Pensacola and changed my name just to fucking keep a radio job. Um, then get fired and then go compete against that radio station. You know, like there's, there's, there's so much that I can bring to this show. Um, but hey, you know it's whether or not they want me. So we'll see. Uh, well, I think you'll definitely get another chance. And and you've we've showed a more pensive side tonight. Um, how did you? The one thing I wanted to ask you is how did your dad react to the news last night? Because he what constrict yeah, Catholic. Not, he's not. Yeah, he's just not in the. He's not going to be in the world. So I wouldn't talk. I don't prefer to. You don't bring it up. My, just my. Yeah, my dad is. Yeah, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't go there with him. Um, my mom. He knows today. now, won't he? Doesn't he know? Yeah, yeah, he knows. He knows. Okay. He well, absolutely knows. Well, Tommy, um, thanks for joining me on Minna Fandom. Uh, it's been great to meet you. It's a you, good episode. Yeah, it was a little bit somber, you, but you've had a, a very, very draining. It's been a very and, long 24 hours. You know, I, I, so I know you're due on Poppy's Kitchen later this week. So thanks for appearing on the network. And Mike on um, the Minna Fans. Great. So I'll see you again on um, Friday. Um, and we'll sh- we should have a bit more of an update there on how this producer battle's going. Um, but, yeah, as I said, just 
super brave of you you know it was a great show but also you know it has real world consequences for you um and you know the minifans fans are there for you you know you're part of the family now like you were before but now you know you're really part of the family you brought us into this very private thing and um again well done and thanks for joining me matters it was a pleasure all right Let's listeners more Definitely. Well, that was Tommy Quinlan, and we'll be back soon. Yeah! <laughs> he fucked up a man down under. <laughs>